Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the goodness of God given to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. We come today, we celebrate life through Jesus Christ, and we thank you for the goodness of God in our lives, the goodness of God in our church. We're grateful. Goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our life, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You are always good. You are grateful. We are grateful for your goodness. Your goodness is eternal. And so we sing praise to you, Lord Jesus. You are our great and good God, Lord and Savior, High Priest. We come today and we pray that you might help us to, as we come to worship and hear your word, that we might be prepared to hear it. We pray that you might help us. Forgive us of our sins that we might receive your word with humility, whatever you have to say to us. We pause to give thanks to you for answering prayer and moving the Supreme Court to make their decision about abortion. But we also pray for all of those dear people who are so troubled and so angry and so fearful today that we might as believers in Jesus Christ be a witness to them. Help them to know there is hope and there is joy and there is life in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. Many of us have lived through this all of our lives and prayed for these days. Now we pray for leaders in governments and officials that they would, beyond their own understanding, do things that would protect the unborn. And we thank you, Lord, for it. So we pause to say thank you. We do pray, however, that we would do ministry now, that we do it with humbleness and kindness toward those who are frustrated and angry and bitter. We ask, Lord, that today you would help us to, as we come to the throne of grace, now we, in the name of Jesus, through the veil, we come because the Lord Jesus is ascended to heaven, our great high priest, Lord, King, Savior. We ask that today you might help us just for a little while to separate our minds from the many things we have to do today and in the days ahead. The busyness of our life, the cares and worries of the world seem to push aside our thinking about you. So, Lord, we come now. We enter heaven in the name of Jesus. And we ask that you might help us to set our minds there today as we think about your word. As we consider the glory of the Lord Jesus, our great high priest mediator. May these truths have an impact on our life permanently, as long as we live on this earth and all of eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good morning, and it's good to see all of you. I'm Pastor Mike. If you're a guest with us here today, we're delighted to have you. If you're finding your place in your Bible, Hebrews chapter number eight, verse number six, I'm spending uh, the time going through the book of Hebrews and those of you who are with us online, may the Lord bless you. Uh, we miss you not being with us. We understand you can't always be here and sometimes you're not able. So I'm glad that you can join us um, online and be here in spirit, though you're not with us in body. Hebrews chapter eight is where we are. We've been walking through what Paul the apostle has to say from the book of Hebrews about Jesus Christ, our great high priest. This is a very important truth for all I'm repeating myself, however, you're going to need these truths every day of your Christian life. 
We, we talk much about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We talk about him being king. We talk about him being savior. Talk about him being the promised Messiah. But oh, don't miss this. This is why as your pastor, I'm laboring here with you. Because I want you to understand the sweetness and the joy and the comfort and the peace that comes when you know Jesus Christ is your great high priest. Everything is better with the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything is better. Your greatest sorrows are better with the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything is better with the Lord Jesus Christ. So today I give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm unashamed to say that I am saved and born again and ready to go to heaven. I am ready. Hebrews chapter 8, for the sake of time, I'll come back and point out a number of things in this chapter. So I hope you'll keep your Bible open. But now we set our minds on heaven. And we begin reading, we'll just read our focus verse, which is verse number 6. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. But now, but now, but now, this moment, right now, this time in history, but now he has... Obtained a more excellent ministry. Who is he? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He has obtained a more excellent ministry. And by as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Another translation reads, Now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a better covenant with God based on better promises. Today we continue to think about the Lord Jesus as high priest, but now this one who has taken his seat in heaven, uh, we learn more about his ministry as high priest. He is high priest mediator. So I will come to talk to you over the next few weeks as Paul the Apostle elaborates in this section of Hebrews about what it means for Jesus Christ to be mediator. Some of the things I say today I will repeat. It won't be because uh, though I am old, it's not because I'm forgetful. It's because they deserve to be spoken of more than one time. Our focus is this today. Jesus Christ is now the high priest mediator of a new agreement between God and man. Hear what I've said now. Hear what I've said. Hear the word of God. Jesus Christ is now the high priest mediator of a new agreement between God and man. All of salvation, all of your, the eternal security of your salvation is founded upon the eternal high priest mediator work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have three observations that I'm going to make from uh, verse number six. I'm simply going to take verse six and talk to you about it in three parts. So we read the verse again, but now he has ordained, he has obtained a better uh, ministry, a more excellent ministry by as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant which has, has been enacted on better promises. Number one, 
Jesus Christ ministers as high priest mediator. I put these words together as high priest mediator of a new agreement between God and man. I could have used the word covenant, but I'm using the word agreement because it uh, makes uh, a little bit clearer for us. A covenant is an agreement. Agreement isn't a covenant that two make. When you were married, covenant marriage for us as believers is an agreement between a man and a woman to be faithful to each other and to love one another for life. Covenant marriage. But this wonderful covenant of grace, this covenant that we have of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord is that which is not based on the law. It is an agreement based on the grace of God given to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. This becomes very important. So we'll elaborate on it over the next few weeks as we consider our high priest mediator. Secondly, Jesus Christ now. I put now in front of each of these because it is uh, the emphasis of verse 6. But now. But now. Now Jesus Christ ministers as high priest mediator of a new agreement between God and man. Now, right now, today, and going forward forever. Now Jesus Christ ministers as high priest mediator with the most excellent of ministries. The most excellent of ministries. And finally, now Jesus Christ ministers as high priest mediator enacting for all of us a better agreement between ourselves and God. We would never have peace with God without the work and the mediating work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's get to it. But now at this time, that's what he's saying at this time, he's elaborating on this because he's described the difference between the priests of the world and the Israeli priests, the priests of Israel in the time in which Paul's writing and now the glorious priesthood of the Lord. Let's pick up in Hebrews 8, 2. The Lord Jesus has taken his seat in heaven, a minister in the sanctuary and in the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. So it is necessary that, th that this high priest also have something to offer. Speaking of the Lord Jesus. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all since there are those who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve a copy and shadow of heavenly things. Just as Moses was warned by God when he was about to erect the tabernacle, for see, he says, that you make all things according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. But now, you see right now. This reminds us of the fact that the Lord Jesus has ascended to heaven. I remind you of these realities today. As certainly as you are sitting in this room alive, breathing, hearing my voice, we're looking and we're surrounded by our brothers and sisters in Christ. You're alive today in this world. The Lord Jesus is very much alive, ascended and seated in the glorious place in heaven beyond time and space. Uh, the glory of his seating there is for us a major significant truth for our salvation. You see, the old law has passed away. It's of no value any longer. It has been replaced by this glorious new agreement by God. That's what's happened now. We don't live under the law. We don't live by the Old Testament law. It has been replaced. It was not able to fulfill what it was to do. 
And so it's become obsolete as we read in chapter 8, verse 13. And now Jesus Christ has entered into heaven for us. Let me just take you while you have your Bible open to chapter 9. Look at verse number 24. Chapter 9 of Hebrews, verse 24. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but he entered into heaven itself. Please notice the last phrase. Now today at this moment to appear in the presence of God for us. If you're a believer here today, he's in heaven for you. He's in heaven for you. Your high priest is there in heaven for you. He is the one who today has entered and he's made the final sacrifice for sin. What is it that guarantees my salvation forever? It is not my commitment to him. It is that I put my faith in the one who gave himself one time, finally, for my sin. I read it in Hebrews 9, 26. He says, but now once, once at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested, that is the Lord Jesus, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. You see, today we read this first phrase, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. Now these things are ours. Now is the day of salvation. The Bible says that you're no longer under condemnation. Now you are not under condemnation. Now is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice today, do not harden your heart. Today is the day of grace, my friend. These days in which we live, the days in which you've been born, for many years, for many years, since the coming of the Holy Spirit, the days of grace have been poured out upon generation after generation. But I remind you that one day the trumpet sounds, things happen to the church, the church is gone, and the day of the Lord comes, and the day of grace is gone, and the judgment of God rightly so, comes upon this world and the Lord Jesus will make all things right again by His justice as King of kings and Lord of lords. We live in the day of grace. But now, this is the day you can be saved. This is the day you can change your life. This is the day you can experience the mercy of God. This is the day you can learn to walk with God and walk away from your sin. This is the day you can pick up the Word of God and read it and come to understand it by the truth of the Holy Spirit when you're saved. This is the day you can live in the joy of the Lord. This is the day you can live in forgiveness of sin. This is the day you can be filled with the Spirit of God rather than filled with yourself and your pride and arrogance. This is the day of salvation for all who will be saved. Secondly, now Jesus is the minister, this high priest mediator, put them together. He intercedes for us. He represents us before God. But what does he do there? What is a part of this ministry? Oh, a major significant part of the Lord's ministry is being mediator of a more, and it's based on a more excellent ministry. His ministry is far superior to the ministry of the priesthood on the earth in Israel. Oh, it was a picture. Oh, it was a, it was a showing forth of what God must do. God must have someone who stands between the people and himself. Moses represents this. The high priests represent this. But they represent it in a, 
in a faulty way. They're not able to do what the Lord Jesus... You see, your, our Lord has a perfect ministry. He has the most excellent ministry of all. Because He has ascended to heaven, His ministry is a heavenly ministry. Because He's obtained this ministry by what God the Father said to Him. I call you back to Hebrews 7, 21. What did God say to him? What did the Lord, what did, what did the heavenly father say to the Lord Jesus? The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. You see, this ministry takes place in heaven. It is given by God. It is sealed with the oath of God. He accomplishes this because of his complete ministry. Uh, his ministry is complete because of his willingness to obey God completely. Look over if you have your Bible still open. You can turn there quickly. Hebrews 10, beginning in verse number 5. These are the words of the Lord Jesus to God the Father, coming from Psalm 40. I'm talking to you about these wonderful, special, significant words. Listen to what the Lord... This is, the, this is why His ministry is the most excellent ministry. He says, sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said... These are the words of the Lord Jesus coming to us right out of Psalm 40. Then I said, I said, he's saying it to God the Father, Behold, I have come in the scroll of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. It is because the Lord Jesus perfectly obeyed the will of God. What did he say in the garden? Not my will, but yours be done. He obeyed to the end. What does it say in Hebrews 12? He endured the cross, despising the shame. His ministry is most excellent because he completely obeyed the will of God in dying for the sinfulness of mankind. That's why his ministry is more excellent. And on top of this, he is the God-man. You see, you can only be a mediator when you can represent equally both parties. We read this before in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. There it is. Jesus, fully human. Born into this world, like we read and talked about many, many weeks ago. The Lord Jesus is just like you. He is fully human. He understands the limitations of being in our bodies. He understands temptation. He understands the struggles. He is Yeshua. He is Jesus. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people from their sins. He is fully human and yet son of God, the beloved of God, the Father. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You want the greatest mystery of all mysteries? You want something that will expand your mind and set your mind on things above? Then take the time to think about the glorious Lord Jesus, Son of God. This is why his ministry is most excellent. This is why we sing praise to his name. This is why we call him Lord. This is why we obey him. This is why we follow him. This is why we seek to be like him in our world. He is the glorious Lord Jesus who is high priest mediator of a new agreement between God, holy God and sinful man and his ministry is most excellent and it is eternal. 
His ministry never ends. So we come to the final observation. Jesus Christ's ministry as high priest mediator has caused a transaction, if I want to use that word, all of our business and financial people in here, our legal people in here, transaction has taken place. There was a spiritual transaction that took place when Jesus Christ finished his work on the cross, when it was sealed there with his blood. There was an enacting of a new agreement now for all sinners who will come and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is now enacted on our behalf a new agreement and it came through the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at your Bible, Hebrews 8, 6 again. He has a more excellent ministry by as much as he's the mediator of a better covenant. He's the one who mediates it because of what he's done for us, which has been enacted on better promises. A better covenant with better promises. That's what it means to be saved today. That's what it means for us to live not under the law that cannot make us right and purify us from our sin and cleanse us from our sin and justify us. It is that we are now under the grace of God and under this new arrangement with God. You see, he's the mediator. What does it mean? Why do we need a mediator? Because you cannot get to God on your own. You cannot live good enough. You cannot do enough good works to get to God. Someone must get us there. Many of us use in our witnessing the old, the, the old illustration, the bridge to life. Here's a holy God over here. Here's sinful man over here. And there's this great, great separation because of my sin. I am alienated and separated from God. I cannot get to God. But oh, praise God, one came who was both God and man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he bridged that gap so that whoever... Whoever comes through Jesus Christ by faith comes and has access to a new relationship, a new agreement with God. Praise God. He's the mediator. He's the mediator because he is Jesus, son of God. He's qualified. You see, a mediator must be qualified, my friends, to represent both parties in a transaction. A mediator must be trusted by both sides. As a transaction's taken place, and guess what? God trusts him, and so do we. We trust in Jesus Christ. He brings us together. He is the qualified one. God sees that he is qualified as son through what he has done, and we see his qualifications through what he's done on his death on the cross. A mediator volunteers to bring two parties together. What did he say? I have come to do your will. He voluntarily, he emptied himself and became like us. As the eternal son of God, he volunteered so that he might save us from our sin. He is the one who now volunteers to bring us to a holy God as a result of his sacrifice. A mediator removes the cause that separates two parties and the Lord Jesus has done it through his blood on the cross. And he gives assurance to both parties that he will maintain the agreement for them and with them. In fact, if you have your Bible open, Hebrews 7, 22. Much more also, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. How is it that I can base my, my eternal condition? How is it that I can face death with assurance? It's because Jesus Christ 
died for my sins and I have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ so that I will not perish but have eternal life. He is the guarantee of your salvation. What do we do when we come to the table of the Lord each month? What are the words we hear? The Lord lifted that cup and He said, this cup, this cup, is the new covenant. It's the new agreement through my blood, in my blood. When you look at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, remember this. He is the one who has now brought reconciliation between a holy God and ourselves. What did Moses say to the people in Exodus? Stay away from the mountain. Stay away from the mountain. If you get on the mountain, you'll die. Stay away from the mountain. What do, what do we have now in the Lord Jesus Christ? Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden down, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Come to me. I'm the water of life. I'm the bread of life. Come to me. The Lord says, come to me. He doesn't say, come to church. He says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. I will help you. I will care for you. You see, the Lord Jesus is the one who guarantees. He is the one who maintains our relationship with God. Let me, let me say it this way to you. I'm trying to turn a phrase for some of you old timers who've heard these things, but you haven't thought of them in a fresh way. You'll be saved as long as Jesus Christ is alive. I hope you'll remember that. You'll be saved as long as Jesus Christ is alive. Because as our great and glorious high priest mediator... The blood of Jesus Christ has enacted this glorious new agreement. So before my time's gone, what is this agreement? Well, we, we need to read it. This is the wonderful grace of God revealed to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the new covenant. I'm about to read the words of what it means to be saved. I'm about to read what's happened. If you're saved today, these things have happened to you because of the wonderful work and the, the blessed work of the Lord Jesus Christ as mediator and as our high priest. Let's read beginning in verse 8. Behold, days are coming, says the Lord. This is Jeremiah 31. The great, great promise from the Old Testament given to us by one of the prophets who saw Israel at its worst times. These words were given as great hope. And now for all of us who will be saved. Listen. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant. And I did not care for them, says the Lord, for this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. Please notice all the I wills. This is the pledge and promise of God. I will put my laws into their minds and I will write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen and everyone his brother saying, know the Lord for all will know me. From the least to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their uh, iniquities and I will remember their sins 
no more. Oh, you see, my friends, today, all of these things are secured. They are a part of the new agreement with God because of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of what He has done, He has enacted for all who will believe these promises. So we look at them just quickly. Notice what happens when I'm saved I think differently than I used to think before I was saved. I shared with the earlier uh, uh, folks in the earlier service, I remember I could use very, a lot of different illustrations. I've said to this church many times, it's amazing to me to see what happens in the life of someone who gets saved before we even disciple them. The kinds of decisions they make and the decisions they make to change their lifestyle. I, I, I want to give you this one illustration. It's from someone who was not here, but in another place. This fellow was so proud. He was, he was proud that he was a fighter and a, and a drinker. That's what he's proud of his whole life. I'm a fighter. Boy, nobody's going to cross me. I'm a fighter and I'm a drinker. That's what he wanted to be. A fighter and a, what, a, what a something to be known for. Fighting and drinking. Fighting and drink, Drinking and fighting and fighting and drinking. But one day, one day, a dear lady, a, a, late, a fighter and drink. Oh, that God has a sense of humor. A dear old lady came his way, shared the gospel with him. And what happened to the fighter drinker? All of a sudden he came and made his confession of Christ and said to some of us, I can't fight anymore and I can't drink anymore. Who told him that? I'll tell you what happens when you get saved. The Holy Spirit of God comes in and He writes the law of God in your mind. All of a sudden He said, wait a minute, I know these ways of living aren't right. I'm a saved man. I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm not going to drink anymore. He also experienced this. He didn't have much of a family. All of a sudden He experienced the joy of the family of God and He realized Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. You are a child of God when you're saved and you are a part of the people of God. He, he no longer, all of a sudden he knew things that he never would have known, even without a teacher or a preacher yet. He knew some things that were right and he knew some things that were wrong because all of a sudden he experienced what it means to have this glorious new agreement with God. God started doing works in his life and in his mind and used him in a glorious way, but it's better than that. Verse 12, he discovered the gracious mercy of God. I, I want to say to some of my Christian friends here, if you've if you are living high-minded and proud and you don't think you need the mercy of God, I would say to you, you're in a very, very dangerous place. Be careful of your pride and your arrogance for every saved sinner in this room needs the mercy of God every day. What did we read in Hebrews 4.16? Let us draw near to the throne of grace so that we, Believers, save sinners, may receive mercy. Before I ever gain any grace from God, 
I must have his mercy and you must have his mercy every day. Mercy every day. Every day the mercy of God coming our way. And how can I describe the, 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 the amazing statement, the last promise of this covenant in verse 12? I will remember their sins no more. The God who never forgets anything has forgotten the saved sinner's sins. I want you to think about that. When you're walking around in your sadness and misery and torturing yourself because at some point in your life you lived in wickedness, you sinned, and you can't shake your sin. When you conf if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness for His name's sake. How could John write that? Only based on this covenant that has been enacted by our high priest, mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I remind you today that all of these things are ours because they are enacted not only on a better covenant by the blood of Christ and his resurrection, but look at the last phrase, by better promises. You see, all the promises of God fold together in Jesus Christ. There is no promise of God that is not focused upon Messiah, Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, I'll give you this verse and you can look at it another time. My time is gone, but it's 2 Corinthians 1.20. 2 Corinthians 1.20, you see the promises of God are better promises because they're based on Jesus Christ. What does 2 Corinthians 1.20 say? For as many as are the promises of God... In Him, in Jesus Christ, they are yes. When God makes a promise, He says yes through the Lord Jesus Christ. But the rest of the verse says, Therefore, also through Him is our amen. God the Father says, Yes, this is my Son. Yes, the promises are guaranteed because of what He's done. Yes, I will bless. Yes, I will fill their minds with the truth. Yes, I will be their I will be their father. They will be my children. Yes, I will know them and they will know me. Yes, yes, God says yes through Jesus Christ. And we say amen because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. Praise God. Through the cross of Jesus, we have one mediator between God and men. The man, Jesus Christ. So what do we remember today as we go? Well... I've repeatedly said it. Jesus Christ is our high priest mediator. When you, when you face death, what is it that will bring you security? The blood of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not your goodness, not your kindness, not your works, not your friendships, not your family. You are secure in Christ because Christ is alive forever as your high priest mediator. And the promises of God are enacted through Christ who is the promised one. And all the promises of God find their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Oh, the promises, and the promises regarding His first coming and the grace of God and the promises of God regarding His second coming and the judgment of the world. Now, my friend, what do we do with all of this? We live in the blessing of a new agreement with God. You now have the chance to have your mind cleaned up. That's right. 
Someone says, well, I can't really, I can't really shake it. Yes, you can. If you're saved, you can shake it. You can overcome. The Lord Jesus said to the disciples, before His death on the cross, rejoice. I have overcome the world. Rejoice. Rejoice. And then He said it to them again at the, after the resurrection. I have overcome the world. Guess what? He promises to the church repeatedly in Revelation. You be an overcomer. When you overcome, here's a blessing for you. When you overcome, here's a blessing for you. As a result of knowing Jesus Christ and having Jesus Christ as our mediator high priest, we now have a new agreement with God. Your sins have been forgiven. They have been forgotten. And the mercy of God goes with us. How did our sister sing it this morning? The goodness of God is ours forever, isn't it? Isn't it? It's with us forever. The goodness and mercy of the Lord will follow you all the days of your life. That's the promise we have. Because Jesus Christ is our high priest mediator to the praise of the glory of His name. Do you see the signs around us? Do you see the signs around us? You know the signs of the changing of the seasons, but do you know the signs of the times? Do you see the signs? Are you listening? When you watch the news, are you paying attention? The Lord is near the door. The Lord is nearer to coming through the door. He wishes that none should perish, but that all should come. All should come to eternal life. This is the desire of God that all be saved. The Lord is at the door, soon to come. And so we pray, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus.